Welcome to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. This is the place where you'll hear kids ministry experts dive deep into practical and inspirational topics to help make you the best kids ministry leader or volunteer you can be. On today's episode, Bill Emiot and Delany Williams dive deep into what it looks like to keep kids safe in your ministry. So let's join their conversation, grab your cup of coffee, and let's get started. Here's Bill Emiot. It really is a beautiful day in Nashville, Tennessee. I am so excited today to have in the broadcast studio my friend Delany Williams. Delany serves at Lifeway as ministry specialist, and she has a lot of expertise, but particularly today we're going to be talking about safety and security, policies and procedures. Now, of all the things that we could talk about, that's probably the most riveting and exciting and fun and probably get a lot of fundraising done about <laughs> policies and procedures not. <laughs> Delany, welcome. Yes. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, Bill. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we've got a pretty tough subject to talk about today, and, and um, you and I both get to spend a lot of time with a lot of churches doing a lot of conversations and consulting and and one of the things that um, I think we would all agree um, particularly as things have become more and more uh, prevalent in the news and out there that that this is a subject matter that not just big churches but all of our churches need to be considering the whole idea of policies and procedures in order to keep kids safe and secure. Right, it's definitely an essential part of kids ministry, no matter the size of your church. And in, in my years of ministry, what I've seen happen over the years is, you know, several years ago, it was a great bonus if you had policies and procedures or you had safety, um, safety policies in place. Parents were excited. They may say, okay, this is a great thing that this church has. Mm-hmm. And almost a bonus, if you will. You, you still earned their trust to be there, and it was one more bonus if you had these. The, you were thinking of safety and security. But now it's an expectation. It is an expectation. Um, parents today expect quality. They expect these things that in the past maybe had been, I don't know, relegated or maybe had been um, especially prevalent at our large churches. Right. But it's expected at any church. Right. And so parents aren't going to ask you, do you have these policies and procedures or do you have these safety plans? It's what are your safety plans? Exactly. What are your policies and procedures? Because they want to know that you're thinking of their children and that they are in the best environment that is the safest and most Safe, secure. secure, happy, clean, all of those things. Exactly. And if, if your church isn't thinking of that, they will go to another church. Down the road. Right. That sees that as a priority. Right. That's it. In, in ministry, talking with parents and all, that, that is what they communicate. You know, I may, I'm going to maybe sacrifice some of my preferences and my learning as an adult or the classes that I would attend at church if it is the best environment for my child. Right. Um, I often tell parents that there are times in your, your parenthood, your parenting, where you 
well, hopefully all times, but you put what's best for your kids in front of what's best for you, and that's what's happening. These people are walking into our churches. They're checking us out. Well, well, quite frankly, they're checking us out before they walk in. Exactly. And so some of this idea of policies and procedures, safety and security, needs to be reflected on our websites. Right. And I think that is that is a good point to have it on your websites. I think we also need to be careful what information is on right. our websites where we wouldn't want to put the exact room number Certainly. and the age. So you do need to be guarded of that, even though we're wanting to help parents, we want to be guarded with that information to make sure we're continuing to keep our kids right. safe. I think that there's just opportunities on our websites up front to let people know that we care about their kids. I think in some way, Delaney, it's evangelism or outreach, at, 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 at least outreach, it's evangelism because uh, the perception that we give to our communities that we're trying to reach, that we want them to come, that we want them to bring their kids, that this is a safe place, this is a good place, all of that is safety, security, policies, and procedures. Right. They're not even going to come to church if they don't know you're already thinking about safety and security. Right. So it definitely is evangelism. It is. So, you and I have had these conversations before and, and developed some content together in the past. And one of the things that I like to say, and I think you say it too, is prevention is the preferred strategy. I would rather prevent the issue than deal with an issue. Most so definitely. I think that's where policies and procedures come into place, this idea of preventing things that could happen. And I know that you talk about different levels of prevention in terms of, of uh, your, the building, the classrooms, the, the, the policies, the procedures. What does a, a, a safe environment look like? A safe environment. You know, the ideal environment, too. Right. One thing. One, <laughs> and, and none we, of us have that, by right, the way. Right, <laughs> right. And, and that's where partly you take that ideal and you see how you need to take those ideal ideas of the ideal situation and make them your own. You may not be able to um, think of your dream building and you're saying, you know, this is the building that we're in and how can I make this work to the best situation. Right. I know that you had the privilege at your former church to to be a part of building a building uh, right. from the ground up. Um, most of us will never have that privilege, so we have what we have. And my church was built in the 1950s, and we have what we have. So how can we take this and and, and make it work and be safe and secure for for our kids and for our, for our leadership as well. I mean, even think simple things like one way in, one way exactly. out. Can we reconfigure some things? Can we close some doors, some exit doors or some doors that may be the closest one to the parking lot, but in order to secure these kids and make sure it's a safe environment, those are some of the kinds of things I'm thinking about. What are right, some other right. building issues? Right, so one way in, one way out. And um, if you also have a welcome desk, have someone there manning it at all times. You may be thinking, oh, but no one's going to be coming in during the service halfway through. You need someone there at all times, and preferably the same person every week. I was blessed to have some volunteers that did that every week, and it was great because they could also recognize who was coming in 
to the preschool area who had access into that area and if someone wasn't you know they didn't know they would introduce themselves and it just helped to prevent people that didn't need to be in the area in the area you um said something that sparked something else in my mind about recognizing who's supposed to be there i mean that's that can be pretty simple for any of us to to acknowledge and 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 recognize have a way that people can see this is an approved Exactly. Volunteer or an approved kids ministry leader that's supposed to be here. How, how, I say it's simple, but how would we do that? There's a number of ways you can do that. Just establish what your ministry's identifier is going to be. It could be a name tag, name tag on a lanyard, a name tag just if you do a check-in and check-out system with the computer, then you can have your teachers check in and it will print out a name tag that's what our church where i serve here in the national area every sunday morning i check in just like other parents do and for their kids and my name tag will print out and that's the way that we're identified that way then there's some churches that even do t-shirts some kind of uniform either t-shirt i've seen uh, polo shirts um, all kinds of things. That makes it a little simpler when you're trying to decide what to wear the next morning. Most definitely. Right. <laughs> but identifying that this is an approved worker, um, that's that's great too. One way in, one way out, a welcome desk, the hallways, the classrooms. I see so many opportunities there for us to step up our game without really remodeling our space. Right, right. And keeping it clutter-free A lot of times I like to tell people, remember that this Sunday is someone's first Sunday to come to your church. That's what you you want to have that mindset and thinking that it's someone's first Sunday. And when it is a first Sunday, promotion Sunday, whatever it is, we we are more invested or we want to make that good impression, if you will, about it's usually clutter free. It's very welcoming it is clean mm-hmm. and all and so in the same way not just to make a good impression but for safety reasons you want to keep hallways clear so in case there is an emergency you can evacuate but making sure the classrooms are free from clutter as well and you know really with all of this with safety and security it's important that we lead with the why just as we talked about in the beginning whenever we're communicating to people in our church and teachers and parents other staff members, that we lead with the why and then the what. Because if people understand the why, you've already earned that level of understanding, if you will, and you're on the same page of keeping kids safe, welcoming parents, and then they're much more likely to follow the what. I think that's great. I think that's great. And there's a lot of things that we can do to keep our kids safe in our classrooms, covering electrical plugs, cleaning supplies out of reach, appropriateness of the furniture and toys that are in the room. All of those things are part of keeping a child safe. Right. And I think even regularly checking those furnishings and those toys, making sure that pieces haven't broken off, there aren't sharp objects, there aren't any loose parts, that's also part of the the checking or maintaining that safe environment. And really with adults as well, having that ratio, that that child to, or that teacher to child ratio. Right. 
And so that's really important to maintain safety. We talk about a teacher-child ratio as um, one to two um, in baby room, uh, one to three in a toddler, younger, middle preschool room, one to four in an older, one to five, one to six in a grade school classroom. But at the end of the day, there's never a one to zero or one to one. There's one, always two kids and always two <laughs> teachers in the classroom. Right. I don't care if you only have one kid in the classroom. Several years ago, when we first started talking about this, I talked about the uh, six-two rule. You know, six months a person's actively involved in your church um, before they are allowed to to be in uh, areas of responsibility with minor children, and always, always, always two in a room, regardless if there's. Um, only one child, or if there's 10 children, there's always two. But the teacher-child ratio presents that that um, atmosphere to visitors and to to um, unchurched parents who are bringing their child to your classroom that this is safe. This is a good place for my kid to be, and, 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 and I think that's important. I'm glad right. you, you mentioned that. And also, even from the teacher's point of view, I, I appreciate the fact that I know there's always another teacher, another adult in the classroom when I'm teaching on Sunday morning. So I'm teaching in Sunday school. And that from that safety aspect, that's very helpful and reassuring for me, too, from that volunteer perspective. And I think, as we mentioned, the two adults, we also need to remember that we want them to be two adults that are unrelated. So... And that's difficult. Right. And so in that situation, say that you have a husband and wife that want to serve together or either two sisters that are adults. And when I say adults, that's 18 years Mm -hmm. of age and older. We're considering adults. What you can do if you have two related adults serving together is add a third additional adult. Because I know that sometimes... Um, especially with couples, they want to serve together. Right. And we want to encourage them serving together. But in that situation, you'd add a third adult. That's just wise counsel. Hey, Kids Ministry 101 listeners. I'm Michael Wally, the podcast producer, and I'm also the producer for the Etch Family Ministry Conference here in downtown Nashville. ETCH stands for Equipping the Church and Home, and the ETCH Family Ministry Conference is designed to excite, inspire, and engage your kids, student, next-gen, and family ministry teams. So join us here in downtown Nashville, October 7th through 9th, to go deeper into what it looks like to be a kids ministry, student ministry, and family ministry leader. You'll leave inspired, and you'll have practical tips to take back to make your family ministry the best it can be. So check us out on etchconference.com. The price does increase in the next week or so. And we love to see you here in Nashville, October 7th through 9th at Etch Family Ministry Conference. So now back to our conversation. I have something I would like to ask you about um, because this is, I've been doing kids ministry for almost 30 years. And 30 years ago, and maybe we were just ignorant and didn't know, but What's up with food allergies? Is that something we need to be concerned with at school? Is that, I mean, at church, is that part of safety and security? Most definitely. Food allergies in some situations are life and death. Oh, wow. And so that, when I think back to years I was on church staff, 
I think about even thinking of one family that whenever I first came to that church, their child had just been diagnosed with a peanut allergy. And this was really early in the time when we were learning more about allergies and all. And so it was really a ministry opportunity for me to get to know them. But to be honest, I really didn't know a lot about the allergies at that point. And this family had just been diagnosed, so they were learning. So I did a lot of listening to them and did a lot of researching on my own. But what ended up happening through the years was this family became some of our most involved leaders. They they educated me, they educated their people in in our ministry, but they also were some of our big, biggest advocates for our kids' ministry. And when other parents would come and their child may have an allergy, then this family would talk to them and help them understand, you know, hey, we've been in this situation too. This is how the church ministers to us. So that means checking ingredients, the snacks that you serve. A lot of times I would even keep the ingredients, the boxes for that week. So if parents wanted to see themselves what those ingredients were, they could. But I think a lot of it is listening to them, asking what if a child has an allergic reaction, what that's going to look like. And so we would have them complete a form as well and then keep that. And so we could be prepared in case a child ever did have an allergic Reaction. I've seen some churches who will use additional um, no, uh, stickers, perhaps, on a child's back or a different um, colored bracelet or whatever that the security right. feature might be in order to alert teachers that this child has an allergy that's significant and, and needs to be considered. Um, right. And I think that is on some of them, even if you can have two different ways that you can do if it is if it's on their security sticker already but then if you have another like you're saying a bright colored sticker or bracelet so teachers can be reminded Mm -hmm. reminded of that and the big thing is communication with with these families i think when we started this whole thinking of safety and security and again this has all been in my my ministry lifetime when i was growing up it was you know, just run in, run out, and it was crazy. Um, thankfully, I wasn't a part of anything that ended up or could have been rough, bad. But now we know that there's reasons for these things. There's reasons, and there's there's good, solid information out there that encourages us to do things. When we first started, it was sign in sign out um i like to call it the granimals we used to have matching animals tags and mama took an animal tag and baby had one tagged on her diaper bag and and um we had all kind of but we've really come a long way with check in and check out um and uh talk to me a little bit about why that's so important it's important because it's also it's protection for everyone involved, for the parents, for the child, for the church as well. But you need a system for your church to have where you have almost like checks and balances of who's in the classroom and who's picked up the child. And so many times, like you were saying, you have that matching tag that would go or a tag that would go on a child 
and the parent has that matching tag and however your church identifies that if it's a matching number or a matching color something that where they're going to need to hand over that tag to the leader whenever they come to pick up the child and making sure that you follow that that policy or procedure is so important and I like to also share with people that you may know these parents they may be some of your best friends as some of the kids in your classes but the people behind them the family that's visiting for the first time doesn't know that you know them really really well and so if they see you not following or that policy of you know making sure matching the tags they're going to be wondering they say they do this but do they really or you know why are they asking for my tag and not the not the other family's tag so that that's one aspect of it but also just for the security of unfortunately to, in today's society there may be someone that doesn't have custody of a child or mm-hmm. there may be something legal going on and if you have that procedure in place where you the person picking up the child has to have that sticker then that's going to protect you and most importantly protect the child as well i think in a lot of our smaller churches they probably struggle here because they just think they know everybody and everybody knows them and we've grown up together and and i understand that but i often say it's not about the people in the church We're not trying to reach the churched. We're trying to reach the unchurched and to continue to let them know that this is a safe place. Sometimes it's just as simple as, or maybe not as simple, but it's starting right there with your check-in and check-out system and and making sure that you not only have one, but that you you follow it. Here's the deal. You alluded to this, and, and I want to talk more about this. All of these things that we've been talking about are policies and procedures. Policies and procedures. And we can um, uh, have unwritten policies and procedures and they get us really nowhere. We've got to develop these policies and procedures and there's probably a good way or at least an outline of how a church who may not have may not be here yet and this may be brand new what are some ways that we can help is there is there a system is there a a strategy that we can put down here you know eight points how to do this <laughs> share right. them with me delany i right. know you have them right so the first the first step involved with anything in ministry especially this is to pray making sure that you're praying as you begin and throughout the process as well the next part is enlisting a team. You mean you don't sit at your your office or your desk and do it yourself, by yourself? No, this is too big of a task to do all by yourself. And it and it's important to have other people's perspectives. It as might well. even be valuable as I'm sitting here thinking about it to have this as a an ad hoc committee that's um, that's been elected by the church or by a you know a, a bigger Right. Then just you went and hand selected some people to come right. up with these policies. Because the thing is, is you want these policies to be the church policies, not just the kids directors rules. Right. And 
if you're doing it all by yourself, then that's how it can come across. And so when you enlist that team, you want to think about people like a healthcare professional in your church. If you have a nurse or a doctor, they're going to be able to provide that perspective. Then if you have a parent and one or two parents in your ministry that are very involved and supportive the ministry, they're going to also and be excited to serve on that committee. And then two, maybe if you have um, an emergency responder, again, they're bringing different perspectives. And so they're going to help the team develop policies and procedures that maybe you haven't even thought about because you haven't had the experiences that they have had. All right, so prayed, I've got my team enlisted, what's next? And then you wanna research, you know, you need to become familiar with different laws in your city, your county, your state, and all. We, even though churches are similar with some policies, there's going to be some that are very unique to your church. But definitely research, ask other churches what their policies are. Check with your, with your school district as well that maybe there are some policies that you could, you could adapt to meet your church's needs. And one of the biggest resources I feel that people forget about sometimes is your insurance company for your church. Many times they they have seen situations at other churches and they're going to do everything they can to educate you and help you. And we found from our church, they even had sample policies already written. Oh, wow. And so they were a huge, huge asset to us. And it was something that we hadn't even thought about how much help they could be for us good so yeah so you definitely want to research and then you need to determine the policies and the procedures that your particular church needs and then so some of those are going to be your general policies and then security policies we've already talked about that may even be evacuation emergency policies and your teacher policies and then parent policies and all and health and hygiene policies and then child abuse policies as well Mm -hmm. those are some of the ones and they're not necessarily happy topics and they are um they're hard to think about and and make sure that we're doing everything we can though to keep kids safe that they're very important to keep in prevention is the preferred strategy. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think that it's important that we, we go ahead and get these policies written um, in place and then a situation comes up it's not about that child or about that adult or about that leader it's the policy right and it's not personal it's our policy right and I think too another good point of having a team involved with it is they're going to be able to help communicate the why behind the policy I like to say a lot of times the policy is the um, the what, the why, and then the procedure, if you will, is the how. How are we going to carry out this policy as well? And so they work hand in hand together. That's good. And I think after you you determine what those those guidelines, those policies are going to be for your church, then you create that first draft. And then you ask invite some other people that maybe didn't serve on that committee their feedback. You right. ask them, you get their, their buy-in too. And then after you've, you've done that, then you finalize that document and you make it official. How do you make it official? 
And that would be going through your church, whatever, how your church adopts policies, how they, um, how they would make, make that an official, official um, policies and procedures for your church. So making sure that you follow those. And, and this, we've sort of made this, or maybe we haven't made, said this clearly, but it's important to get the support of your pastor Definitely. and your other staff members because they, they need to be bought in to this and supporting it as well. This can't be you and the committee alone Good as well. So we've got our policies, finally got right. them in place. So we just sit them on a table somewhere, sit them on a shelf, and, and now we know we have them. And, you know, that, that's a challenge because sometimes people think, oh, we've written them. There it is. It's done. But we forget to communicate them. Right. So we need to make sure that we communicate these policies to our parents, to our leaders. Sometimes your policies can be long and very involved. And so maybe consider the policies you give the parents are the ones that are going to pertain to them. So that and way... a different set maybe to your leadership right. or your teachers or... Right. And then and keep, keep a full set, you know, access if sure. people are wanting it and in the classrooms and all. But you want people to read these. Right. And if you have this long book to them, they're going to be like, There's, I don't have time to read all this. Right. So also you want to communicate that and then you want to train, train your leaders and think of fun ways to train them because if you say, hey, everybody come, we're going to have a training on safety and security. Woo-hoo. I mean, you know, they're going to be knocking down the doors to get there, right? <laughs> but, you know, maybe it's a game. We do something like a Jeopardy game to make it, um, you know, not just lecture the whole time. Or we also, the previous church where I served, we did a scavenger hunt, a photo scavenger hunt. And so they would walk out to where they would evacuate if there was a fire and they took a picture there. And so it was not only reading through the policies and procedures, but they were actually walking out to where they would be. So in case we ever had to evacuate, they would already know that route. So this doesn't have to be sit around the table and let's read the policies to each other. Exactly. Which I've been in that meeting too. (laughs) And some of them you have to do that. I mean, just some of the policies, um, but for the most part, you um, you can make them fun. And two, you need to remember to keep them in front of them, not just one time and you've educated them all. You need to yearly bring up, highlight different different policies. Well, and even reviewing them periodically to make sure the information's up to date and if there's any additions that are needed that you get them in there. Right, because things may change in your church or in our society to where you think we need to update this policy to better reflect our situation now. Well, we started this session, this topic today, saying that it's not the easiest topic. It's not the the most fun topic. It's not the one that's um, probably on everybody's wish list of podcasts but it is probably, in my mind, one of the most important conversations to have. And I thank you, Delany, for coming in and, and wetting our appetite at some level. And hopefully our listeners are, are thinking about considering their own policies and procedures if they, if they have them and reconsidering them and, and taking another look at them and, and even how can we make sure that we are 
we are honest about what we're doing and that we are doing the best we can to make sure that boys and girls, our ministry leaders, families are safe and secure in our churches. Thank you so much for coming in. I look forward to the next time um, that you're here to share your wisdom with us and our listeners. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. You can find out more at kidsministry101.com. Remember, we'd love to invite you to the Etch Family Ministry Conference by visiting etchconference.com. We'll see you back here next week on the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.